We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we're back like we never left. Oregon fans, what's going on? How we living? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish podcast, your premier podcast for all things Oregon recruiting and Oregon football. I'm your host, Max Torres, publisher and lead editor of Ducks Digest, covering the Oregon Ducks over on Fan Nation, part of the Sports Illustrated Network. Excited to have you guys along for another episode today. Is Tuesday, August 8th, and Oregon is rolling on the recruiting trail following the commitment of 2024 Gardena, California, Sarah cornerback Dakota Fields on Monday evening, flipping his commitment from the hometown USC Trojans. This all comes on the heels of Oregon's move to the Big Ten to start the 2024 season, and it looks like the Ducks didn't waste any time capitalizing on that momentum on the recruiting trail. So what's in store for today's episode? We're going to be taking an updated look at Oregon's 2024 recruiting class, which is now back in the top 10, according to the 247 Sports Rankings. That is the ranking system that I like to use. So we're going to take an updated look at where the Ducks are at And then some of the names that you want to keep an eye on moving forward, some of the priority guys that Oregon is going to continue swinging at, trying to build up this class and uh, just continue to be elite under Dan Lanning and company on the recruiting trail. Uh, Also wanted to add, we're going to try to go uh, around 30 minutes today. Uh, I have some stuff that I want to talk about, but then I also want to try to get you guys involved as well. If you guys are watching along live on YouTube at Oregon Football Max Taurus, I'm also live on Twitter at MTaurus Sports. Important to tap in with me there. Um, but yeah, make sure you follow. And then if you guys are here in the live chat, go ahead and uh, throw some questions my way in the live chat. And I'll probably do a mailbag section towards the back end of the show. But I uh, just wanted to put all of that out there. And uh, without further ado, let's get into it and take an updated look at Oregon's 2024 recruiting class, which now ranks number 10 nationally, according to the 247 Sports Rankings. The Ducks are now up to 22 verbal commitments with the addition of Dakota Fields, who comes in as the number three ranked commit on Oregon's in Oregon's 2024 class, rather behind uh, Forney, Texas safety, Aaron Flowers, and Pinson, Alabama, Clay Chalkville offensive tackle, Jaquan McRoy, 
who is the headliner in Dan Lanning's 2024 Hall so far. So this is obviously a huge addition. Uh, Dakota Fields choosing to hop in the fold on Monday. And, I mean, it, it felt like that commitment, I don't want to say broke the internet, but it was going crazy. You had uh, Oregon fans rejoicing. You had USC fans crying uh, all over social media. So it was uh, an eventful day, uh, to say the least. Um, but now we're going to take a look at just the big picture, right? I, I really do like where Oregon is going in this 2024 class, the direction that they're headed, the the amount, the volume of commits that they have at this point in the calendar year is really exactly where you want to be. I think they already have a lot of their priority, priority guys uh, that are already in the fold. You look at Dakota Fields, he was a huge name. He's going to be someone that the Ducks are going to have to continue battling for, I think, between now and signing day in December because just because he committed to Oregon doesn't mean that USC is going to let up, especially because that's a hometown kid right in USC's backyard. So that recruitment may not be over. I'm not saying that I think Dakota Fields is going to flip. I'm just saying I would not expect USC to let up just after Monday's news. But how about we start with the cornerback spot because that's the fresh news, right? Dakota Fields and Ify Obadegwu are in the fold at corner for Demetrius Martin here in the 2024 recruiting class. Ify Obadegwu listed at 6'1", 185. Dakota Fields listed at 6'2", 185. So this is looking like a really talented cornerback haul for Demetrius Martin and the rest of his uh, cornerback staff, the rest of that staff in the secondary I talked about Rashad Wadud and how he has been a huge piece of Oregon's success on the recruiting trail. I think that Oregon's probably at a good spot with two corners in the fold in this class because they are two high, high priority guys in Obadegu and Fields. Um, and because they attacked the position so hard in 2023, kind of like we talked about with the edge rushers last cycle, they signed a ton of guys at that edge spot. They also signed a lot of guys at cornerback. So don't don't expect Oregon to add a ton of guys at either cornerback or edge. I'll talk a little bit more about one of the top edge targets that's still on the board for Oregon. But as far as cornerback goes, I think there's really one name that kind of comes to mind and that stands out the most right now uh, at cornerback for Oregon, and that's Sione Laulea, the number one junior college prospect in the country out of College of San Mateo. He is working from a top five right now. Um, need to make sure I pull this up. So I'm listing off the, the right schools for you guys. Um, but Sione Laulea is working from a top five that consists of, it's loading, Oregon, Oklahoma, USC, Penn State, and Miami. So what's the latest on Sione Laulea? Well, he took an unofficial visit out to Penn State to close out the month of July and Penn State has done a very good job in this recruitment, and I think that they are probably Oregon's main competitor right now. The Nittany Lions uh, already hosted him on an official visit back in the summer, so the fact that he's making a return visit out to the Big Ten country in Pennsylvania I think says a lot about his interest in the Nittany Lions. Right after the dead period ended, he was quick to hit the road and head back to um, Happy Valley. So I think right now, uh, Oregon's in a good spot, probably a top two school uh, of those top five. I previously talked about how I thought USC was the team to beat, but now it really feels like US, uh, sorry, Penn State 
has come on quite strong in that recruitment. Uh, I don't think that there's any reason to count Oregon out. I think he went into that visit, his official visit, with very low expectations, not really knowing what to expect about Oregon, and Oregon did a great job, knocked that visit out of the park. Uh, and then Sione Laolea definitely fits the mold, you know, 6'3", 6'2", 185, pounds, long corner. Uh, we've talked a lot about um, – a lot about just the, the long defensive backs and how that has really been uh, kind of where the game's going and it's certainly where the Ducks see their defense going. So I think if the Ducks are going to add another corner, Laulea is the guy that you need to watch. But space is getting tight, right? I already talked about it. 22 verbal commitments right now, and we're only in early August. So that means that Oregon's going to probably be selective moving forward. Um, so many times we kind of see that sweet spot is right around 25 spots. If you're going over 25, that is a huge class. Uh, so I'm going to try to work on kind of what I think that, that, that perfect number is that sweet spot is for Dan Lanning and the ducks, this class, but we saw how much he overhauled the roster this past off season. So you can't really put anything by them. You know, you could sign their big class in 24, but it probably means that you're going to see a lot of movement in the portal or departures uh, to, to graduation, or maybe hopefully the NFL for Oregon. So I think that's kind of where things are at. It's going to be a numbers game at corner, but that's the guy that you need to watch. Uh, I'm seeing some of these questions roll in. Keep them coming. I will do my best to get to them uh, later on in the show. Um, so make sure you guys keep bringing those in. I'm going to try to star some of them so I can get to them uh, before we wrap up here today. Another guy that I think Oregon fans need to uh, pay attention to is Jason Brown Jr. out of Seattle, Washington, O'Day High School. He is one of the top uncommitted running backs in the country. Consensus four-star on the 247 Sports Composite, .9444, number 123 player nationally, number 11 running back, and the number two recruit in the state of Washington. So what's new with Jason Brown Jr.? What, what else do we know about the running back picture for Oregon? Well, for starters, Oregon already has one running back in the fold in 2024, St. John's running back, Dejon Riggs, who committed to the Ducks earlier this summer. So that's a great piece that Carlos Laughlin is super excited about, I bet, now that he is in the fold and the Ducks are showing once again that they're willing to go anywhere in the country to find that top talent. Um, so he's already in the fold. Ducks are looking good there. But a recent development since uh, since we last talked about the running back position, modern day running back Nate Frazier announced his commitment to the Georgia Bulldogs over the weekend. So that was definitely one that stung a little bit for Oregon. I thought the Ducks were in an awesome spot there multiple times throughout that recruitment. But he took a bunch of unofficial visits out to Athens. Kirby Smart and the Bulldogs really made him a priority. And... Uh, you know, the, the momentum really started swinging in the favor of the Bulldogs, um, you know, probably in the last month or so, you know, even when even when Nate Frazier took his official visit out to Oregon, I don't think that Oregon necessarily led, but you had a lot of big time schools that were involved in that one. You had Oregon, Georgia, Alabama, Texas A&M, I believe, were the four finalists in that one. So I don't think that's a miss necessarily. It's just, you know, it's hard to overcome the likes of Georgia on the recruiting trail when they're able to sell back-to-back -back national championships, the elite class that they're already working with, uh, the NFL development. 
uh, it, it's, it's been crazy. So, um, you know, Nate Frazier's a great kid. I've uh, been able to recover him on the ground out here in the Los Angeles area multiple times. And he is as good of a running back as you will find anywhere in the country. So now that Nate Frazier is off the board, my two cents, my take on the running back situation for Oregon is that Jason Brown Jr. is going to be uh, the priority running back target, but Oregon does not find themselves without competition in that recruitment. Like I said, consensus four-star guy has 23 reported scholarship offers. I do really like Oregon's chances to ultimately land Jason Brown Jr. I'm not ready to make a prediction just yet, but one thing Oregon has on their side is that Jason Brown Jr. was just in Eugene for an unofficial visit, which I think really bodes well uh, for their chances, getting him back on campus multiple times. I got to talk to him at the Elite 11 uh, earlier on this summer, and he's kind of slow playing his recruitment right now. It doesn't seem like he's in a, a rush for anything, but you also have guys, uh, you also have schools rather like Michigan State, like Washington, like Louisville, that are all very involved in this recruitment. I think Louisville got a visit, as did Michigan State earlier this summer. So Oregon has been recruiting Jason Brown Jr. for a very long time. He is super talented and super skilled. I think the only thing that I would think is uh, worth passing along is that he's pretty small uh, for a back. He's listed at 5'10", 205 on the 247 Sports on his 247 sports profile, but I think he's probably closer to 5'8", 5'9", just not a very big back. But I don't think that's going to be a deterrent necessarily in this recruitment. I think that if you're Carlos Lachlan, you're looking at the running back picture and you got some thunder in Dejon Riggs, who I think they want to develop in the mold of Bucky Irving, similar skill set, but Bucky is just like a generational running back. I cannot wait for him this upcoming year. Uh, and then you also maybe try to get Jason Brown Jr. to get a little bit of lightning. You know, Dante Dowdell was the Thunder in 23, and Jason and um, Jane Lamar, excuse me, was the lightning in 2023. And Bucky Irving has to be headed to the NFL after this year. No, Whittington may be a little bit more of a toss up, but Oregon could be looking at the situation where they're looking to replace two running backs following the 2023 college football season. If you guys are just joining us here on YouTube or Twitter, thank you so much for stopping by. Excited to have you guys along. It is a very eventful time right now in the recruiting world for Oregon, and I'm doing everything I can to keep you guys up to date. Make sure you like the video and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. It takes only a second out of your day and is a tremendous help uh, for me. Really appreciate the support that I've been seeing lately from you guys here on the YouTube channel couple more guys we have to talk about. You have Jeremiah McClellan, a 2024 wide receiver out of St. Louis, Missouri, Christian Brothers High School. He's going to be announcing his commitment. He's expected to announce his commitment on August 13th. You have schools like Oregon and uh, Ohio State and Missouri that are all heavily involved here. Um, the, the notable update with Jeremiah McClellan he was supposed to come out for Saturday Night Live at the end of July. I thought that was a golden opportunity for Oregon to um, to ultimately um, close in that recruitment. They already have three wide receivers in the fold in Jordan Anderson, Jack Ressler, and Dylan Gresham. Uh, but that trip didn't end up happening. Uh, he might have made it out to Mizzou. I think there was some chatter about that. Um, but 
seeing that that development happened like that close to the end of his recruitment with the reported commitment date of August 13th typically doesn't bode well for any school that finds themselves in this situation. But Junior Adams has solidified himself as a really, really strong recruiter, both in the Pac-12 and on the national scene. So I don't think you can count Oregon out just yet. I'm going to continue digging and see what I can uh, see what I can find on that recruitment. But if Jeremiah McClellan doesn't commit to Oregon, I think Oregon finds themselves in a very interesting spot, seeing that they have two similar wide receivers committed in Jordan Anderson and Dylan Gresham as far as their body styles, um, body, you know, as far as their bodies, you know, their frame, and then their play style as well. And then you kind of have your technician, um, you know, really solid, reliable guy and Jack wrestler. So you just have to see what is the wide receiver picture looking like for Oregon. The Ducks just got Gary Bryant Jr. out of the portal. Uh, I think Trayshawn Holden probably only has one year, um, or maybe that's Tez Johnson that I'm thinking about. And then you also have Jurion Dickey and Ashton Cozart who just signed. So wide receiver isn't a pressing need, but you're going to have to replace Troy Franklin after this upcoming year. So I don't think right now I'm going to be saying that Jeremiah McClellan is uh, headed to Oregon. I don't think Oregon leads for him, but you still got five days. So you have some time to potentially shake that one up and make some noise. As far as the other recruits that are still on the board for Oregon, uh, Braden Platt is a big one. The 2024 linebacker out of Yelm, Washington uh, has set a commitment date of September 4th. And right now is working from a top two of Oregon and Oklahoma. So Oregon is in direct competition with the Sooners who are headed to the SEC. And then respectively, Oregon finds themselves heading to the Big Ten. I still have my prediction on Oregon for Braden Platt for a number of reasons. He's been recruited by Oregon for a long, long, long time. Um, seeing that he's a Pacific Northwest guy from Washington. He plays for FSP, a premier seven-on-seven and training organization in the Northwest um, that Oregon has developed a very strong relationship with as far as recruits go, getting those guys on campus for visits, what have you. Uh, And then you also have the track program. Braden Platt is a star of a track athlete as well. I think he does the shot put. Uh, I saw him do some sprinting. This guy is just a freak athlete. And uh, I think if you're looking at track potentially being a significant role in this decision, I think that Oregon has to get some bonus points there, seeing that they're track town USA and they ultimately have one of the best track programs you're going to find in the entire country. So Braden Platt, September 4th, uh, I think Oklahoma is definitely worth keeping an eye on. We know that there are no strangers to late dramatics after seeing Peyton Bowen uh, flip a handful of times. Um, on National Signing Day before ultimately landing in Norman. Uh, So that was definitely something to monitor. But I think that Braden Platt, I'm loving where Oregon stands in that one. Got another guy to talk about, and that is Solomon Williams, 2024 edge rusher out of – Tampa, Florida, Carrollwood Day School, six foot three, two hundred and fifty pounds, according to Two Four Seven Sports, listed as a four star. Now he's a four star guy on the Two Four Seven Sports composite, point nine zero five six, and uh, coming in at the number two hundred ninety three spot nationally. Why is Solomon Williams important? Well, Oregon just missed on Elijah Rushing not too long ago. He was a top edge guy. Um, that definitely stung for the Ducks. And then you have Colin Simmons who recently cut the Ducks out of his recruitment. He's going to be announcing his college commitment in the coming days. 
that's another five-star high, high priority guy for Oregon at one point in this recruiting process. And this cycle cuts the ducks out of, out of his um, top schools. So we know he's not going to be going to Oregon. Uh, I had previously been reporting a lot about Jordan Ross, Jordan Ross out of Birmingham, Alabama, Vestavia Hills high school. He's a five-star edge rusher, five-star and two, four, seven, four-star composite guy. I thought Oregon had a good chance with, um, with uh, Jordan Ross at, at one point in this recruitment, but it kind of feels like schools like Florida and uh, Tennessee are, are kind of starting to surge in that one. Uh, let me ch check my phone because I feel like I wanted to get, um, make sure that I know which schools that I'm talking about here and I'm not reporting the wrong ones. Give me just a second. Okay. Um, yeah, so it looks like Tennessee and Florida are some schools that you definitely want to keep an eye on there for Jordan Ross. Uh, Oregon was hoping to get him back on campus for um, for an official visit. Maybe that's still in the works, but it doesn't seem like they're in an awesome spot there right now. Um, okay, I have a couple other guys to talk about, but I think some of them are getting asked about in the comments. So let's switch it up and uh, look at the comments. We got Andrew. Thanks for the comment, Andrew. He's a frequent listener and viewer of the show. Andrew says, hopefully a few more thefts from the great state of Washington. Platt and Brown would make nice additions. Sadly, I think Georgia is going to pull off a modern-day sweep with Baker and Breland. Yeah, so you're talking about modern-day five stars, Aiden Breland on the defensive line, and Brandon Baker, the number one offensive tackle in the country. Uh, I've been working on trying to get some updates on those guys. I still feel like Oregon's in a good spot with Brandon Baker, uh, and I'm going to believe that until I hear otherwise. But you do have some big-name schools that are staying around, staying heavily involved. you got Texas, you have Ohio State, and then you have Nebraska, who is going to be getting the next official visit from Brandon Baker. I believe that's coming this month. Um, Brandon Baker has not been um, somebody who – hits the trail super aggressively. I feel like it kind of comes in spurts. Um, so all of his moves seem to be very calculated when it comes to taking those visits. Uh, I think that Brandon Baker is going to continue to be a guy that's prioritized by Oregon in the 2024 class. Some people call him a must land prospect due to the family ties being on the West coast. You know, there's a, a bunch of different reasons there. Uh, Oregon's looking pretty good right now on the offensive line. You got Fox crater, Trent Ferguson, Jaquan McRoy, Devin Brooks, I think Oregon has more of a need right now on the interior than the tackles. But if you have a guy, Brandon Baker's caliber, that wants to hop in, you are not going to turn that guy away. No uh, updated decision timeline or decision date that I know of right now for Baker. But as far as Breland, there was an effort to get him on campus, I'm told, for the Saturday Night Live camp. But that ultimately didn't end up happening as Breland didn't visit. But you have Oregon, Texas A&M, Georgia, schools like that that are all giving chase right now. Uh, I think that Oregon's in a good spot because of the the number of visits that he's taken, the the comfortability, the comfort that he has with this coaching staff, that the family feel, you know, a lot of the same reasons that you hear from some other recruits. But I think that Aiden Breland is absolutely going to be the guy that Oregon tries to hang their hat on and really go all in on in this 2024 class. Uh, there's been some five-star guys that Oregon's missed out on. And I think if you get a five, if you can only get one five-star in this class, I'm not saying that's the case, but if you can only get one five-star right now, I think that Brandon Baker and Aiden Breland are the two most realistic guys right now. I think you have a bigger need 
along the defensive line. If you had to choose between one of the two guys, I know that a lot of people will want to get Brandon Baker. That'd be great to see him playing for Oregon, but I think that Aiden Breland is a much bigger need right now along the defensive line because that trench play on the defensive line has really been what's holding back Oregon, what's held Oregon back from reaching that next tier as a defense and as an overall program. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Dennis, what's going on? Thanks for tuning in to another show. Uh, Dennis said, it feels like all we do is sign DBs, LOL. I know that's not true, but it feels like it. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these recent commitments for Oregon have been in the secondary, whether you're looking at Dakota Fields uh, or even Kingston Lopa back in the month of June. So uh, it's been an eventful time uh, in that secondary for guys like uh, Demetrius Martin and Chris Hampton, who both have a pair of commits in uh, at their respective positions in the 24 class. You got Dakota Fields, Ifi Obadegu, you got Kingston Lopa, and um, um, Aaron Flowers, excuse me. Uh, in the in the safety spot, respectively. So uh, I think, like I'm saying, you know, Demetrius Martin and Chris Hampton have been doing a great job as recruiters on this staff. They can head into the season uh, feeling good about their hauls so far, and then you maybe kind of keep chipping away at some guys, maybe a couple guys that are committed elsewhere, and you can see uh, see if you can uh, you know shake those up and ultimately get those guys to to flip potentially. Uh, you never know, but Oregon's definitely at a really good spot. I think just overall, if you're looking at their needs in the 24 class right now, I think you need another interior offensive lineman, uh, which is why uh, another guy I was going to talk about is Eddie Pierre-Louise. 
Eddie Pierre-Louise is a 2024 interior offensive lineman playing out of Tampa Catholic. He's a four-star composite recruit uh, in the eyes of 247 Sports. And it looks like he's going to be taking an official visit to Oregon, possibly in the fall. Um, I, I think that you have schools like Oklahoma that have been heavily involved in this recruitment as well. UCF is actually the crystal ball leader on 247 Sports right now. And UCF has been making some noise, man. Last I checked, they have the number 27 recruiting class in the country. Uh, they landed former Georgia commit Jalen Hayward, a safety today, I believe. And they also landed a receiver, but his name is escaping me. But Gus Malzahn is making some noise out there in Orlando. So if you're a fan, of, I just like following recruiting in general. Um, but, you know, the Big 12, UCF is now a member of the Big 12, and it looks like they're generating plenty of recruiting momentum because of it. Uh, all right, Chris with a question. Uh, what's your opinion on Brandon Baker, Max? Saw on Twitter or X now uh, a post about him potentially being a Texas lean. Yeah, uh, I talked a little bit about Brandon Baker, but you asked this question before that, so I can go ahead and just you know touch on it a little bit. Uh, I think Brandon Baker is a, a phenomenal player, and he's someone that has seen just about everybody hop in the fold for his recruitment, right? You have Oregon, Texas, Ohio State, Nebraska, Georgia, uh, certainly would love to have him uh, on board to protect Dylan Rayola. Uh, and you also have Florida State under Mike Norvell, who's very, very hot on the recruiting trail after landing five-star safety, excuse me, five-star safety KJ Bolden going to the Peach State to steal one from Kirby Smart. Auburn was also heavily involved there, but Florida State is as good of a recruiting power in the country right now. And I know that Brandon Baker's taking a visit out there, but as for Texas, I think that you can certainly see the appeal in Austin uh, playing in that Steve Sarkeesian offense. Don't see quite as much of the uh, NFL production along the offensive line, but they got Kelvin Banks, a former Oregon commit, who is absolutely on a mission there. Um, that is definitely a guy that I know Oregon would love to still have. But Texas can make the case for Brandon Baker, too. Uh, I think Oregon's obviously more involved, has been more involved than any school that's has been involved for longer than any other school that's recruiting Brandon Baker. So you certainly have longevity uh, in the, in the um, you know, in your cap and in Oregon's favor. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening. Uh, question from Timonachi with now being in the big 10 with us, with now being in the big 10 with us facing better competition, do you think it changes enough uh, of recruits minds to get more flips or close better with remaining uncommitted targets? Ooh, that's a good question. So does it help flip more or does it help close on top remaining uncommitted guys? Um, man, this is a tough one. Um, I think I'm going to say right now uncommitted targets um, just because there, there aren't a ton of guys in my mind that I know off the top of my head that Oregon is going after still and, and trying to flip. Uh, obviously, they just got one in Dakota Fields, but I think that if you look at the top remaining uncommitted targets, guys like Aiden Breland, for example, if you're looking for if, – if he's on the fence between Oregon and another school like a Georgia or a Texas A&M, um, I'm not sure if that's going to be a deal breaker, but it's another feather in Oregon's cap, right? They're able to sell better exposure. They're able to sell better competition now that they're playing in the Big Ten, now that they're playing on Fox – so I think it, it just plays into the bigger picture uh, as far as you know recruiting goes. 
Um, but I think, you know, to your point in this question, it certainly doesn't hurt them when they're, they're trying to go after some guys if they're trying to, to have some guys on flip watch um, in, in Oregon's favor. Uh, but that's a really good question. Maybe I'll have to dig into that one a little bit more. But right now I'm going to say with remaining uncommitted targets. Um, let's see. Um, Dennis with another question here. Aside from uh, the Southern California school in Washington, what does your gut tell you could be a new Big Ten rivalry school for Oregon? It's just a fun exercise. Oh, man. Um yeah, you have a lot of really good options here. You could kind of make the argument that they already have a little bit of a Big Ten rivalry with Wisconsin, right? Uh, seeing that the Ducks and the Badgers have uh, clashed head-to-head a number of times in the Rose Bowl, uh, with the Ducks most recently coming out on top in that 2020 Rose Bowl win uh, that Justin Herbert helped lead them to. I don't know if you guys watched that game, but I watched that game, and it looks like the entire Oregon offense just decided to disappear except for Justin Herbert and um, maybe Jawan Johnson towards the end there to seal the deal. Uh, obviously, that wasn't the case, but it was just Herbert did a lot of the heavy lifting. Uh, so we know they're going to get good matchups with, with Wisconsin, obviously after playing the Badgers as well in the Rose Bowl when Russell Wilson was there. Um, so I think that would be a good early candidate. I think Penn State is another school that a lot of Duck fans are excited about right now. We're going to have to wait to see how the schedule works. I think the Big Ten already released their Big Ten schedule for the 2024 season. That included USC and UCLA. Well, now you have another two schools to add in Oregon and Washington. So I think Penn State would definitely be a really fun school uh, for Oregon to have that Big Ten rivalry with. I talked with Ryan Winter uh, on my Big Ten uh, episode, you know, where we talked about Oregon heading to the Big Ten, and he talked about uh, Penn State kind of being a program that is on a similar level uh, with Oregon, right? I think they've kind of been. I don't know if I'd say one quarterback away necessarily, but I know that they've kind of had their issues with the quarterback position and they kind of have everything else checked off. They have an amazing atmosphere. I know a lot of Duck fans probably want to go see that whiteout atmosphere um, for those Penn State home games. Like, can you can you imagine it now? Just Oregon versus Penn State, college game day, um, whiteout atmosphere. Uh, that just sounds like it would be phenomenal. Um, probably on the road, but I know Penn State fans would travel out west to, to see them play Oregon. Uh, Ohio State would definitely be a fun rivalry. Oregon kind of already has a little bit of that as well after uh, facing the Buckeyes in the national championship with Marcus Mariota uh, when the Ducks could not stop Ezekiel Elliott at all. And then you also have the Ducks going most recently on the road to Columbus in the shoe, winning an absolutely historic game, probably the biggest away game biggest non-con win in Oregon program history. So those are some of my early contenders right now. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Wisconsin, Penn State, and Ohio State. Um, Those are, I think, some of the the really fun ones. Uh, Let's see what we have here. Bob asks, Max, do you think the move to the Big Ten was a factor in flipping Dakota Fields? Um, I, I guess it helps, but I don't really think it was that big of a deal you know, covering this recruitment as much as I have and, and feeling like I have a pretty good pulse on that one, I think that Dakota Fields wanted to be at Oregon. You know, this was a, a, a company you know, recruitments are, are complicated, right? I think especially when you have USC uh, with as much momentum as they have on the field and on the recruiting trail and in the transfer portal, uh, it looks like all signs are pointing towards the Trojans, uh, you know, sticking around and kind of fighting their way back to relevancy as long as they can figure out how to play defense. I mean, they got all the way to the Pac-12 championship game 
uh, even though we all knew that defense was kind of their uh, their weak point. But they did force a lot, a lot of turnovers. But Oregon, like I said on yesterday's episode, breaking down that commitment, Oregon has the NFL development at the position in their favor right now. So I think with Dakota Fields wanting to be at Oregon um, and Oregon having so many tight connections uh, on that coaching staff, um, I think that it, it ultimately wasn't that big of a factor. I think, quite frankly, I, I think Dakota Fields would have flipped to Oregon even if the Ducks didn't find themselves heading to the Big Ten. So that's kind of interesting. David with a good question. Does our recruiting need to switch to quote unquote big boys to cope with ground and pound in the big 10 in 2024 and 2025? Yeah. I mean, that. I think that Oregon's already been looking for the big boys, right? If you look at the guys they have in the fold right now, I rattled off some of those offensive linemen, Fox crater, Trent Ferguson's like six, eight. Uh, so he's a big dude. Devin Brooks, uh, Oregon has some quality offensive linemen already in the fold. And they also went into the portal to get guys like Junior Angelau, uh, uh, Nishad Strother. Uh, Str- he said it in the press conference, like brother Strother, Nishad Strother, uh, and then Ajani Cornelius. So I think Oregon already has, you know, I'm not saying that they're going to, I think Oregon already kind of has the bodies to compete in the Big Ten, right? We saw that when Mario Cristobal was on board as the head coach. And I think that's just continued under Dan Lanning. And then, I think they do need to continue to go after the big boys on the defensive line, probably at a level that they haven't before. Uh, we're seeing some of the fruits of the recruiting labors already pay off with guys like Tioni Gray, uh, who's a 300 pounder out of Missouri, uh, with guys like Zadavian Sims, you know, 6'4, 6'5, 275 pounds, number one recruit in Oklahoma. I think you need to keep going after those guys uh, and, you know, guys like Aiden Breland. So I think Oregon's already equipped with the, with the trench talent that they need to be competitive in the big 10, but all that said, there's definitely another level that they can get to. And that I think they need to get to, if they want to be able to win in the big 10 to, to take that conference title away from the likes of Michigan and Ohio state, uh, who seem to be holding things down, uh, pretty well. Uh, Mike time. Uh, yeah, we talked about, uh, running backs. Jason Brown jr. Is the main guy you got to watch there. Uh, now that Nate Frazier is heading off to UGA, and the Ducks already have Dejon Riggs in the fold. Spooner763 asks, any idea how things stand with Jericho Johnson? Yeah, Jericho Johnson was one of the guys that I wanted to talk about uh, on this episode of the podcast. So in case you don't know who Jericho Johnson is, um, he is a four-star composite defensive line recruit, .9441 on the 247 Sports Composite, number 124 player nationally out of Fairfield, California, our Miho High School, six foot four, 300 pounds, and he's working from a top four of Oregon, Washington, USC, and Utah. So I think that Oregon finds themselves battling some pretty good schools as far as the recruiting goes. Um, for Jericho Johnson, I need to do a little bit more, uh, you know, digging to see what I can find out about this recruitment. I don't believe he has a commitment date set just yet, uh, but I think that Oregon go, can go toe to toe with all of these schools. None of them uh, are, you know, the SEC schools uh, that really, really scare you, especially when it comes to defensive line recruiting. You know, if you're looking at USC, if you're looking at Washington, uh, I think that Oregon can probably outsell them on the defensive line. 
Utah, on the other hand, I think is an interesting school to watch in this one. They kind of seem like they're just earned a step, step into their own uh, on the recruiting trail after winning back-to-back Pac-12 titles. They always have a good defense out there on, in Salt Lake, and uh, it seems like they're just continuing to send guys to the NFL. Um, but Oregon obviously can sell that pretty well themselves, say, uh, getting the first-round pick and, and Kayvon Thibodeau. And I'm sure that Brandon Doros is going to have himself a heck of a season and play himself into a spot in, on an NFL roster as well. Uh, hopefully a high draft pick if you're looking at it from Oregon's angle. So, um, you know, took a visit out to Oregon. Uh, I think that that one was a little bit ago, but uh, I think the Ducks definitely have a chance with Jericho Johnson. And he's that kind of that kind of guy, uh, right? 6'4", 300 pounds that you just don't always see uh, the Ducks, you know, getting um, – I shouldn't say you don't always see the Ducks getting. You don't always see those body types on the West Coast. So I think that Oregon might be a bit of a sleeper for Jericho Johnson, but I need to do some more research on him. What else do we have right now? People talking about the weather and and how hot it is out there in Texas and and other places. Um, Oh, yeah, this is an interesting one. Uh, Nine Finger Jack says, what about the Oregon track guy that uh, Micah getting added as a walk-on? Dude was number one in the nation in track. Yeah, that was definitely one of Oregon's uh, is easily one of uh, the fastest guys at the University of Oregon. I'd love to see him and Roderick Pleasant race, um, but it looks like there were some reports and some tweets uh, just before practice today uh, around 3 p.m. Um, that Michael Williams had joined the roster as a wide receiver, um, as a walk-on. So it's just funny because, you know, I think this – he kind of reminds me of the situation of a, a situ- of like, you know, Bryce, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to mess the name up Bryce Boacher. Uh, he's a, a baseball player that came in to play um, and just tore it up in the spring game for Oregon football. Uh, I think he's more of a safety, but he kind of has a big build like a linebacker. Um, but it's kind of just fun. You know, it's, it's part of the fun of college football that you're able to add a guy like a world-class sprinter who, you know, maybe didn't even have as that much, playing experience with football and just, he's just kind of a, a wild card um, when it comes to that, this wide receiver room, which is already loaded. So I don't even know if I would say I expect him to, to get a lot of snaps this year because that room is just so good. You already have Troy Franklin, Trayshawn Holden, Tez Johnson, Gary Bryant, Jr. Jurion Dickey, Ashton Kozart, Kyler Casper, Kyler Casper is supposed to speak with the media today. I think that might be the first time that we hear from him. Um, you know, six foot five, six foot six, 200 pound wide receiver out of the, uh, out of the, um, I want to say Phoenix area, but, um, he's at Williamsfield height. He was at Williamsfield high school in Arizona and he reclassified from the 23 class to the 22 class. So, uh, we'll see if he has some interesting things to say, but as far as Michael Williams, I mean, I love it. I don't, I don't really know what he's going to be able to do, but I think it's going to be, uh, you know, nothing but good things. All right, I said about 30 minutes, and we are now at 40 minutes, so I'm going to go ahead and wind down on today's episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. Um, Do me a favor and make sure you like the video if you're watching on YouTube and subscribe to my channel, at Oregon Football Max Taurus. Lock in with me on the social media platforms, on uh, Twitter and Instagram. I'm at mtaurussports, and then stay tuned in to ducksdigest.com for the latest in Oregon recruiting and Oregon football. Um, but until next time, thank you guys so much for taking some time out of your day to talk some ball with me and we will see you on the next episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.